This is the 43rd episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. I want to briefly explain this project before I get started into this week's episode. Decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, co-workers, and colleagues, people who are deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support network of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. I also kind of make fun of Fox News a little bit throughout the commentary. So throughout this podcast, I will refer to something called the newsletter, and it can be found in my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. The newsletter is basically a written version of this podcast. Now, if you're going to look for it as the same title as the podcast, it's just usually right underneath it in the feed, and it just doesn't say podcast. So whatever the title of this is, it'll be right underneath it. And it's basically the same thing I'm doing here without my ad libs. But what it includes that's helpful for people is it has hyperlinks to various sources. This week, I don't have a lot of them, but in previous weeks, I've had quite a few. So let's just get started I have a lot of clips. It was kind of a slow news week, but I think there's some entertaining, uh, some entertaining media segments here that I'd love to to share with you. So here we go. Here's the headline: Fox News, Twitter, 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 crypto conmen and misgendered nuclear engineers. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending December 18th, 2022. A typical Fox News viewer might think the Twitter files revealed a vast conspiracy of federal agents acting as puppet masters hell-bent on manipulating elections. A fan of Fox News might also think it was perfectly acceptable to misgender people once they've been arrested for a crime, and that Sam Bankman-Fried somehow single-handedly changed the course of the midterm elections. These same Fox enthusiasts might have missed stories about an African summit in the U.S. Capitol, a state of emergency in Peru, or the criminal charges brought against the father of a mass shooter who helped his son obtain the weapons he used to kill seven people at a 4th of July July day parade. Fox also pushed their usual panic about the southern border, unproven crimes involving Hunter Biden, and even fell back on recycled conspiracy theories about the origins of COVID-19. The same audience that was told that Twitter was destroying free speech was encouraged to cheer on Elon Musk's decision to ban journalists who wrote unfavorable things about him. Overall, it was a slower news week for Fox, more than most, but they still found plenty of ways to be outraged, as they always are. Now, the first segment is called A Fox News Host Defends a Federal Crime. Tammy Bruce, subbing for Hannity, seemingly unwittingly defended a federal election crime. It is illegal to encourage voters to vote on the wrong date. This tactic has been used against black voters for decades. There's no exception for the same behavior on social media. Now, I'll play the clip, 
And I'll give a little backstory of why I knew immediately that this was a crime that she was sort of making light of. Just hours ago, in all seriousness, you guys, a new batch was published by journalist Matt Taibbi. Now, irrefutable proof that your government was directing Twitter to censor Americans. According to Taibbi, quote, Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive, as if it were a subsidiary. Between January 2020 and November 2022, there were over 150 emails between the FBI and former Twitter trust and safety chief, Yoel Roth. Taibbi continued, a surprisingly high number are requests by the FBI for Twitter to take action on election misinformation, even involving joke tweets from low follower accounts. For example, many of these tweets look like this. No likes, no comments, no retweets, just a message telling Democrats to vote on Wednesday, a day after the election. Ha ha ha. Apparently, the federal government believed that joke tweets like this were a threat to democracy, big tech to censor speech they did not like, including jokes and satire. Meh. That seems more fitting for the Soviet Union than the United States of America. The wording of that joke tweet is really specific. This is from the FBI website. Report potential election crimes, such as disinformation about the manner, time, or place of voting. So if a person wrote vote on Wednesday on a piece of paper and passed it out in a neighborhood the week before an election, that would be a federal crime. That exact tactic has been used against black voters in the United States for decades. Here's an example of a flyer with disinformation. So now imagine thousands of accounts tweeting out that exact message from a bot farm in China or Russia. So you could see why the FBI might be interested in a tweet like that. So I looked into this one because I had firsthand experience um, because I was an election protection volunteer in 2004 in St. Louis, and I volunteered to do this because I knew I'd heard that there were problems in St. Louis with black voters being disenfranchised, and I wanted to help, and I could help. So I flew to St. Louis. I stayed with my parents, and I remember I was in front of a polling area. It was a school for something like 14 hours. It was like some crazy amount of time, and um, I saw firsthand, and we had a meeting at the NAACP in St. Louis, and they showed us examples of exactly what she's talking about. Now, I'm just going to preface this very quickly. They put flyers, people who want to take uh, black voters, it's usually black voters that get targeted. They want to take their right to vote away. They will pass out flyers that say stuff like, if you vote and you have a ticket for anything, even a parking ticket, and you haven't paid it, you could be arrested. Or if you have a warrant out for your arrest and you show up to vote, you will be arrested. That's one flyer, one tactic, and another one is, if there's a long line, don't worry, you can come back tomorrow. And it'll even have an address and info and looks very official. And this is a known voter suppression tactic. So Tammy Bruce says, oh, there's, you know, uh, this tiny tweet that has no engagement. No one liked it. No one retweeted it. That, to me, just says it's a bot. So how do you know, Tammy Bruce, you're not an expert on Twitter, that there weren't hundreds of tweets like that? That's why I have a huge problem with this ridiculous Twitter files situation. 
Because this is just cherry-picked information that somebody from Twitter is giving these quote-unquote journalists. And then these, you know, hack journalists are reporting on it. Well, no. If you actually wanted to show full transparency, you dump it all. You make sure that nobody's privacy is being um, exposed, no private information is being exposed. You dump it all and you let us all look at it. Because that's how, like a peer-reviewed scientific journal, you have to put in every single piece of your data of how you went about finding your uh, finding your finding your results, all of your research. You have to you have to lay it bare because the point is is that anyone could pick up that uh, you know scientific study, replicate your steps, and come up with the same conclusion. That's how you do it. You 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 have to show everyone all of it. You can't just say, well, I'll look at this tweet. See, and the FBI freaked out about this joke tweet. How dare they? Well, how do I know there's not 500 of those? And how do I know they're not all coming from a suspicious IP? So that's ridiculous. Like, that's just absolutely stupid. And yeah, she's laughing about a federal election crime. That's an actual crime. Just because you put it on Twitter doesn't make it different than putting it on a piece of paper and putting a flyer in a black neighborhood. Sorry. It's just not how it works. So... Good old Tammy Bruce. She's hilarious because she's a very dramatic woman. She tends to scream a lot on Hannity. So uh, the next one up is when free speech absolutists bans journalists. Now, this is Jessica Tarloff talking about, if you don't know this crazy story, there was, um, it was actually like last week, but because it bled over into the week, the week after two weeks ago, basically, it gets a little blurry. Stories will start in one week and bleed over into the next week. Elon Musk banned a bunch of journalists, he basically, who were criticizing him, claiming they doxed him. When nobody doxed him, there was an account called Elon Jet that follows his jet that's based on publicly available information. And he claimed his son, Elon Musk claimed his son was in a car that got attacked by a stalker. But then some people dug a little deeper and they found that the car was nowhere near an airport. So how on earth would this jet tracker have alerted anyone to a car? Because there's no GPS. There's nobody following a GPS tracker on Elon Musk. And your jet that you then land and then so many hours later are driving in a car. Sorry, that's not, I you know, that's kind of ridiculous. So he also uh, banned Aaron Rupar, who's, uh, I consider him a friend of mine, (laughs) at least a Twitter friend of mine. I just think he's great. I love his tweets. I love his work. He's a great, seems like a great dad. He tweeted something that was a retweet of something Musk had tweeted himself that included a, um, included the license plate of a car that Musk claimed was following him. And Aaron Rupar just said, isn't this a violation of, of releasing private information? What are you doing? That's all Aaron did, and he got banned. So they're kind of talking about this on The Five, and this is Jessica Tarloff, the lone liberal on The Five. And she's the best liberal on The Five, in my humble opinion. I would like to say that I think that Elon Musk needs a content moderation team, that he needs the Trust and Safety Council to come back so that people could actually see that there were folks and not just one man deciding that because his feelings got hurt or he felt unsafe, even though that Elon Jet account is just publicly available information, right? So let's be clear about that. And that assassination attempt on his child, and it is very scary for someone to climb on top of a car that has your kid in there. He didn't report it to the police, which seems strange. And then Donnie O'Sullivan, one of the reporters that we just showed, 
um, got suspended from Twitter for just tweeting out the fact that the LAPD had said that he didn't file a report. It had nothing to do with his coordinates, nothing to do with an assassination at all. And the transition from Republicans being up in arms about preserving the First Amendment to, eh, you know, cry harder libs is really <laughs> something to behold. So he changes the terms of service a couple days ago to shut down the jet tracker, which he had explicitly said, I'm never going to shut down. And the new terms of service are so vague that, Jesse, if I took your picture right now. Yeah. And I hold pulled. On, hold on. Now try it. Can I have your good side, though? Yeah. My good side uh, is that side. <laughs> yeah. And I posted it on Twitter. The geolocation of that would qualify as a violation of the terms and service. So I could be suspended for Twitter for harming you, for taking a picture of you right now and using just what's in so this app. So she's complaining the terms of surface are no, vague he, and arbitrary. No, no. <laughs> That's so funny. He, but he just changed okay. it. No, I'm not oh, done. Oh, oh, please continue. He's suspending people who are aggravating him, who are hurting his feelings, like Lynette Lopez from Business Insider, who's been looking into him for years because of Tesla. That's a company that she covers. She just got suspended for putting up old information about him about the fact that Elon Musk actually has a habit of doxing people that he doesn't like from the past. She's off. If you care about the First Amendment, you should all be in up in arms about this, especially the fact that he doesn't even have a committee of people paying attention. By the way, his plain information was not public, that it was private. That's not true. So yes, everything she said in that clip is true, and they're just twisting it. Um, Flight information on a plane is publicly available. There's um, hobbyists who follow planes all over the world. So if you know how to look for this information, you can find this information. And what Musk was trying to argue was that somehow somebody knew where his kid was in a car based on flight information. And that's just not possible, especially in a place like Los Angeles. So let's say your flight lands at LAX. And two hours later, someone starts following your kid in a car. I think that person probably found your kid's information. And the the person thought the kid was Elon Musk and Musk didn't call the cops. All of this is true. So how would that person know based on a flight? Because L.A. is enormous, filled with a whole network of highways and streets. So how would they know? They got to find out somewhere else, somehow in another way. And if they're finding out what car you're in, they probably know everything about you. Cause that's just, they're not getting that from Elon jet. There's no way there's just, cause it doesn't include anything about a car. There's no GPS anyway. So the next section is about Jesse waters has been doing this for a minute. Um, he keeps trying to come up with new reasons why the Republicans had a lackluster showing in the last midterm. So He's tried to put the blame on one man, Sam Bankman-Fried, the former CEO of FTX, a now bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange. Bankman-Fried has been charged with a number of financial crimes for basically stealing his clients' money. Bankman-Fried was also the second largest donor to Democratic groups, including during the midterm election. So Waters has decided that Bankman-Fried alone is the reason that the Democrats still control the Senate. And I debunked this using fourth grade math. And I use the term fourth grade math because I want to empower all of you, every listener out there. I know a lot of people don't like math, but you can figure this out with a calculator and a dream. Finding a percent is something you learn in the fourth grade. It's fairly easy. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it. I find percents for this project constantly 
pretty much almost every day. And it's very simple. So, and just because it's a billion doesn't mean it's, you can't do it. It's very easy. So here you go. I'll just play the clip and you can hear my voice in part of it. <laughs> the Republicans, they keep saying, oh, the Republicans got so much money. I'm so sick of hearing that. If you could zoom in on this here. See the blue? The blue are the Democratic donations. The red are the Republican donations. It's not even close. And if you add in all the money that the executives at that firm donated, that's about $70 million. That's about two Senate seats the Democrats spent and stole. And I'm going to claw that money back from you and Geraldo because that bet is bogus. $70 million is a lot of money. The total amount spent in the midterm election cycle was $16.7 billion. Okay, this is fourth grade math. The numbers are large, but the actual equation is easy. $70 million out of $16.7 billion is less than one half of 1% of the total amount spent in the midterm elections. A billion is just a lot larger than a million. Candidates are also elected by voters. Candidates who raise the most money do not automatically win an election. And there were also several large donors who gave money to Republicans. Sorry, Jesse, you still lost that bet to Geraldo Rivera. So for that one, I wish you could see it because I included, I thought it was a pretty funny photo of Geraldo Rivera from his appearance on Dancing with the Stars. So I wanted something kind of funny at the end. And, um, I wanted to find an old picture of Geraldo Rivera from like the 70s, but everything was coming up. It was black and white. And so it wasn't really, it was underwhelming. I did find an old documentary of his where he did an investigation on neo-Nazis who had infiltrated farming communities in the United States, which was an actual problem in the 80s. And he was in this like short uh, film, I guess. And it was just very funny to see young Geraldo Rivera because his pants were really tight. That's all I have to say. Very tight pants, very big hair, very feathered, very layered hair, very gorgeous, very Geraldo Rivera. He was a presence, let me tell you. So back to the Bankman Freed thing. So yes, what I just proved with fourth grade math is that even though 70 million is a lot of money, it was a tiny, tiny fraction of the total money spent. And of course, nobody just buys a Senate seat. You have to win an election. And there have been countless times where the person who raised more money did not win the seat. So sorry, Jesse Waters, you are completely incorrect. Nobody bought a Senate seat, including Bankman Freed. And by the way, the Enron people, Enron was one of the biggest uh, bankruptcies in the history of the United States, $74 billion. It was an absolutely staggering amount of money. Um, they were all Republicans. They're very tightly um, connected to the George W. Bush administration. So here we go. Now, this next clip, it was a lot of Twitter last week. There's just a lot of clips about Twitter. And I don't include the border stuff because um, the border crisis, when Fox talks about it, is just incredibly depressing and awful. And it's hard to clip it. It just even in any context, you just kind of go, this is awful. Like, there's no humor to it. There's no angle to it. It's just awful. Um, Because it's just people trying to cross the border, desperate people trying to cross the border. And it's just, uh, it's not great. And we do have a crisis. I'm not going to take that away from them. But Fox majorly blows it out of proportion and acts like these people are invading. And it's just, I don't want to add to the pile of of xenophobia. So it's just, it's not easy to clip it. 
So next up, we have a clip of the good folks at Fox and Friends basically openly doing a commercial for the new Twitter and their new favorite person, Elon Musk. Twitter, just the way yep. Elon wants. Yeah, Kevin, what about the blue check marks? Those are going away, right? You have to, you're going to have to pay for them? Yep, you're going to have to pay for those, and there's going to be different types of check marks. And mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people out there, frankly, Ainsley, who feel like, all right, I'm willing to pony up for it if it makes it different, and I'm verified that's something that's probably got some value attached to it. That's right. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. You, you pay a little bit more if you don't want all the ads on there? I, I think $11 is for Apple or iOS users, yeah, okay. $8 for regular Android users. Okay. I think at this point, the question of whether or not you pay for your blue check mark is less about what it might offer you and more. At this point, whether or not we can financially support the concept of free speech on social media. Mm -hmm. It's the one platform right now at least willing to expose the censorship regime that it had in the past. But don't think it's alone. YouTube, Google, Facebook, all are right now operating under under similar ideologies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know about you, but that conversation did not remotely sound spontaneous or authentic. Because, like, Ansley Inhart is like, well, I think if you get this, um, this, this paid service, you see less ads? Less ads, right? And then Will Kane is like, well, I think... It's $11 for Apple and, or iOS users and $8 for regular Android users. And then he goes into this like patriotic, like, don't just do it for Twitter. Do it for America and free speech. You know, because I know when I'm talking with my friends, the phrase iOS users just rolls right off the tongue. You know, hey, are you an iOS user? I know I am. I have Apple because I'm an iOS user. How about you? You have an Android there? <laughs> well, that'll be $8 instead of 11 because he's trying to get around the Apple. Anyway, so yeah, that was just ridiculous, crazy, blatant shilling, um, which is, you know, go Fox. This next clip is about Sam Britton, and I knew when I posted it exactly the stupid comments I would get when I posted it, but I did it anyway. Sam Britton is gender fluid. Sam uses they, them as their pronouns. This can be a little unusual if you're not used to doing it, but get used to it. It's not that big of a deal to just say they, them. All right. It's really not that big of a deal. And if you look back at the history of the English language, they, believe it or not, used to be singular. It was like both singular and plural. So it's going to be okay. You can say they, them. It, well, how does it hurt you? It doesn't hurt you. It's just somebody else's pronoun. Just respect it. It's it's not that big of a deal. So Sam uh, got themselves in a little bit of legal trouble and they were arrested for stealing luggage. And this happened twice. And Britain was let go at the Department of Energy where they worked as a nuclear engineer and their job was to deal with nuclear waste. Now, the five decided to talk about this. And I'm not playing the whole segment because it would be way too long, but I counted how many times they misgendered this person. And I'll tell you the result at the end. But here's the segment. Okay. You know what the problem is, Dana? I always feel like I'm about to get into trouble. When you read, <laughs> when you read that? Oh, like who, he, they, hey, she. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about, let's start with this guy, Sam. He's out with this they. Yes, Sam they. Britton. I'm right? gonna call, we don't have they. to play that game. No. We don't? He's a criminal. He. Okay. Well, he's got... <laughs> this guy, Sammy, Sticky Fingers, he wasn't just any transgender. He was like... 
the sexual pioneer of transgender. You Google him, which I assume they did before hiring him. He's wearing leather. There's a leash. There's a dungeon involved. I wouldn't call it deviancy. I wouldn't call it perversion. Let's just say he's sexually adventurous. And when you are in that world that he's in, and he's deep, you can be blackmailed. Easily blackmailed. Jesse, I'm going to challenge you. I think he's the only person, or he, she, is the only person that can't be blackmailed. He posted all the worst pictures <laughs> you could possibly have. He's I, like I, Hunter. Yeah, he he's the, oh, you him. can't blackmail him. He's already did, done it, blackmailed himself. Bill but Maher you, and Barack Obama have been talking about this, making people feel bad about when they don't know what to say, right, about pronouns, or just don't make people feel bad about things. That Also, on the flip side of that, it doesn't take that much to find out how somebody wants to be addressed. And if you do know that, do not intentionally make fun of them or challenge the way that they live for your own comfortability. No one should be made to feel bad about it. Like you said, I'm nervous to say X, Y, Z. You know, he, he, I am he, nervous because you get fine. criticized. I, I said no one should be made to feel bad if they're making a genuine effort to treat people with respect and dignity. Okay, how about this? Okay. I identify as a doctor. Refer to me as Dr. Waters. Fine. I, PhD or medical? I'm PhD. Dr. Are you going Waters. medical? Oh, I'm, I'm going to call operate. you that, but I'm not going to operate Remember all what you said? over you. <laughs> you were like, I'll do, I can deliver a baby. Right. No one's going to let you do any of So this is what I did. I created a transcript. I went through the clip again, a couple times actually. Cut out any time he, him, or guy was in reference to someone else. And this was really tricky because he will show up as the will show up as there because um, a transcript will just search for H-E next to each other. So it was very frustrating to do this, but I did it. And I counted just the he's. The group misgendered um, Britain 56 times in a short clip. That was how outrageous it was. Because all it took was kill me to say, no, he's a criminal, go for it. And suddenly now you've changed this person's gender. Well, that's in, and so of course I I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen as soon as I put it on Twitter. I got a couple of people who went, "Yeah, but uh, that person I'm not going to misgender them, but that person committed a crime." Okay, now number one allegedly committed a crime because person has not been convicted yet. But secondly, ultimately, who cares? I mean, this is a property crime. Not great. Not great. And if this person did that. If they did this, they will face the consequences. They've already lost their job. And I don't really see the point in doing an extended segment on this at all, really, except for they wanted to laugh at a gender fluid person and make fun of them. And I just found that very distasteful and gross. And again, I'm not defend. People were like saying I was defending Sam. And I said, no, I'm not. I don't know what happened. Maybe this person did steal. Maybe they did steal luggage, and that's bad. But they they will have due process. They will have a lawyer. They will deal with this. But I'm still not going to call that person a he because I want to giggle and make fun of them. I'm sorry. Like, especially with the amount of constant bashing of trans people on Fox and demonization of gay men on Fox and drag queens. No, 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 no. That This was intentional. They just wanted to make fun of somebody who had outrageous pictures and is an eccentric personality. Well, 
So is Roger Stone. Okay, so you want to... <laughs> Roger Stone gets his freak on and is very open about it. So, you know, I could do five minutes just... Roger Stone goes to swinger parties. Roger Stone. Wow, look at his outfit. Is that television somebody wants to watch? I don't think so. There's plenty of other things to make fun of Roger Stone for. Trust me. Like his personality. Okay, so anyway. Just... And, I don't know. Going to swingers parties is not the same thing as being gender fluid. It's just, I think... Gender fluid people and trans people are targeted for violence. We know this. It's been well documented. It's not a secret. Going to swingers parties is kind of not something you get. Nobody's going to know that. You walk down the street, you go to swingers parties, you have an open relationship with your wife. Nobody knows that. You are a, a person who is gender fluid, who dresses in an ambiguous way. You very well could be a target for violence. So this is not funny. I don't like laughing about it. I thought it was very mean and ridiculous and pointless. So that's why I clipped it. And yeah, I knew I was going to get those stupid comments. And I did get those stupid comments. And we move forward. So, because uh, I was just like, people are so predictable. So this next clip is about Elon Musk sort of being the dictator of Twitter. This is Diggin McDowell. She's a very thick, I think absolutely gorgeous Southern accent. Somebody thought she was from Alabama. And I actually looked it up. She's from Virginia. I love regional accents. I can't get enough of them. I, I don't want to say it because somebody might take it the wrong way since he's a black man, but the way Representative Benny Thompson says Donald Trump is absolutely amazing. I just, oh, I love his accent. Beautiful accent. I have a weird Southern Midwestern uh, hybrid, which is St. Louis, so I, it's kind of an, an odd accent, but it's actually dialect is the t correct term, but no one uses dialect. Anyway, here's the clip. I love it, but... I am not surprised. The only thing I'm surprised uh, about with Elon Musk is that he didn't start doing this sooner. He spent $44 billion on this money-losing sewage lagoon. And do you know, Jesse, you understand this. Do you know how badly people whine and behave when they pay for a full-price first-class airline ticket? <laughs> so can you imagine spending $44 billion on this heap of crap. So he's selling Tesla stock to prop it up. He sold three, more than three and a half billion dollars in Tesla stock recently. I like her honesty, at least. <laughs> She's not trying to act like, well, this is some lofty thing that, that um, Musk is doing. She's like, look, he's a rich man. If he wants to spend his money that way, I say let him. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. Okay, I think what you're saying is crazy, and I think he's a tyrant, and this goes against everything he said he claimed to promote. But I do, I kind of like, she's a little bit like um, Judge Janine. There's like no filter there. It just comes right out. And there's part of me that's like, I don't agree with anything that you said, but I okay, at least you're being honest. There's no pretension there. So the next one is the bogus expert of the week, and I'm kind of running out of time. I don't want to waste too much time here. But uh, real briefly, you know, because you guys ask for it, I'm going to do my bogus expert of the week. And I'm going to do just his name in this crazy Midwestern accent. And before, again, before somebody gets offended, I think, you know, if you're from the Midwest, you can make fun of the Midwest. It's kind of a general rule of thumb. Just like as a white person, I can make fun of white people till the cows come home. And they would have said that. That's a phrase white people would have used, you know as they're eating a cheese curd and talking about their GI issues. But what I'm going to say, and they're, you know, 
their sunscreen because you got to have that on all the time when you're pale. You don't got the melanin. But I'm just going to use his title in this voice. This is Clay Travis, an American lawyer, writer, radio host, and television analyst. He is the founder of Outkick, a sports-based media company. So if you're new to the podcast, the Bogus Expert of the Week is a semi-regular segment where I showcase when Fox uses someone as a fake expert who's not actually an expert at the topic they are discussing. And this is a great example of that. Um, Whereas Travis is a frequent guest on Fox News and has discussed any number of topics. When he shares his opinion about anything with pop culture, sports, or the media, he's well within his lane. Hannity invited Travis to explore the origins of COVID-19 along with Jordan Chang, Gordon Chang, an expert on China. Neither one of these men is really an expert on infectious diseases, so I'm not really sure why they were doing this. So Travis is about as qualified to talk about the origins of a global pandemic as any random person off the street. Now, his comment about the origin of COVID-19 was puzzling, to say the least. It's very tinfoil hat. Here we go. In January, Sean. And remember, they've had years now to find this host animal that allowed, if this is your theory, right, that, that allowed this transition to occur, and they haven't been able to find it anywhere. Meanwhile, all of the evidence and a lot of the evidence that we're never going to see, remember, has totally been destroyed. And there's clear reason why Dr. Fauci would be lying about this and why the emails would suggest that there is a cover up here because it is an explosive and destructive story. If our American taxpayer dollars were being used, as I think Gordon thinks and and I think and many and you, Sean, and many people out there watching us right now believe that it was American taxpayer dollars that unleashed COVID up on the world through Chinese research when this escaped from a Chinese lab. And the fact that the Chinese immediately covered it up, the fact that Dr. Fauci and his allies inside of NIH also worked to help to cover this up. So he's using a lot of declarative sentences there, you know, statements that are basically like, I know this, this is definitely true. We definitely need to do this. We need to find the animal. He has no idea what he's talking about. He's regurgitating things he's read on other websites or articles that he's read, probably from far right wing sources that have all these crazy conspiracies about COVID-19. He has no idea what he's talking about. He couldn't back any of that up. He's not a scientist. He's not an infectious disease expert. This is just nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I call that the crazy uncle tinfoil hat monologue. It's even more, if you see it in written form, it's, it's, it definitely reads even crazier than when he says it. So next section is the toughest section I do every single week. This takes the longest amount of time for the podcast, believe it or not, which is stories Fox News ignored. Every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following is a list of all the stories PBS covered that Fox did not. Buckle up. This takes a minute. Here we go. The U.S. government's is still sending out free COVID-19 tests. Every household is eligible for four at-home tests. I read that and I signed up for it immediately. It's really easy. It took me five minutes. Five Louisiana police officers were charged in the 2019 death of a black motorist, Ronald Green. 
Police initially told Green's family that he drove off the road and hit a tree, but police body cam footage later revealed officers repeatedly stunned and punched Green and then dragged him off to lay face first in the dirt for nine minutes before he died. The Union Parish coroner may have also been involved in the cover-up as the coroner's report listed the cause of death as a motor vehicle accident. That is a very big deal that those cops were charged. Eight people were convicted in a French court for their role in the 2016 truck attack that killed 86 people. The driver, an Islamic State sympathizer, intentionally drove into a large crowd of people who had gathered to watch Bastille Day fireworks. He was killed by police the night of the attack. In an attempt to squelch the anti-government protests that began in mid-September, the Iranian government has turned to publicly executing protesters. This is the second execution of a protester in just a few days. The 23-year-old man was hanged from a construction crane in the northeastern city of Mashhad. The Israeli army admitted to shooting a teenage Palestinian girl during an operation in the West Bank. The army claimed she was unintentionally hit, this is a rare admission of error on the part of the Israeli army. The European Union Parliament removed Eva Cavalli of Greece as vice president over alleg allegations of bribery by Qatar. She was arrested last week by Belgian authority. American sports journalist Eric Wall's cause of death was due to natural causes. Wall suffered a ruptured aortic aneurysm with a hematoma, a type of rare heart condition that is often fatal. Wall's brother initially speculated that foul play was involved since Wall had received multiple death threats after he wore a rainbow t-shirt at the World Cup. I looked into that. I did research on my own. And basically, it was an incredibly rare, undiagnosed heart condition that Wall had no idea he had. Inflation in the U.S. fell from 7.7% in October to 7.1% at the end of November. President Biden met with delegates from 49 African countries at a three-day event in Washington, D.C. It is the first U.S.-African Leader Summit since 2014. This is a big one. President Biden signed a law protecting same-sex marriage last week. The new mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass, issued a state of emergency over the city's homelessness problem. Japan is boosting its defense budget and counterstrike capabilities to counter perceived increased aggression from neighboring North Korea and China. Harvard appointed Claudine Gay as its first black and second woman president. Robert Cremo Jr., the father of a 19-year-old accused of killing seven people at a 4th of July day parade in Highland Park, has been charged with seven counts of reckless conduct for helping his emotionally disturbed son obtain a gun license. His son, Robert Cremo III, had a long history of erratic and violent behavior. In the past week, Peru issued a state of emergency after political protest in support of ousted President Pedro Castillo turned violent. Castillo has since been in prison for 18 months on charges of rebellion. The unrest began when Castillo, facing impeachment, tried to dissolve parliament to form his own government. GM issued a major recall on roughly 825,000 vehicles due to faulty daytime running lights. Chrysler also issued a recall over... 1.2 million Ram pickup trucks due to misaligned tailgates that could open while driving. The Library of Congress National Film Registry inducted 25 films, including Disney's animated The Little Mermaid, along with Iron Man, Superfly, and Carrie, among others. 
Chinese President Xi Jinping and senior government officials met for two days to plan a recovery for China's damaged economy, just as the country faces a spike in new COVID-19 infections. The U.S. will send advanced bomb kits and Patriot missiles to Ukraine to help them fight back against the Russian invasion. Last week, Starbucks workers at 100 company-owned stores staged a three-day walkout in a unionization effort. The Electoral Count Act moved forward in Congress. The bipartisan bill would change how members of Congress could object to electoral votes. It was designed to help prevent another situation that helped lead to the riot on the Capitol on January 6th. The Electoral Count Act is included as part of a larger spending bill. The flu, RSV, and COVID-19 continue to fill up hospital beds around the country. Last week marked the 10th anniversary of the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. Last week, January 6th committee announced that they would be referring former President Donald J. Trump on criminal charges to the Department of Justice for his role in the violent attempted insurrection on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Now, that just happened, but because it was from last week, it's a little awkward. (laughs) But that just happened yesterday. So by the numbers, very quickly, because I'm totally over time, is just the five top five topics by percentage for the week ending December 18th, 2022. And this is Fox. It goes Twitter files, border crisis, Hunter Biden, Sam Bankman freed, and then COVID-19 conspiracy theories. Complete nonsense. I mean, the only thing that was really newsworthy, I guess, is Sam Bankman freed. And really, how newsworthy is that? You know, I I don't know if it should be 7% of your uh, airtime. It's a bit excessive. PBS was artist profiles, which makes sense because we're close to a holiday and those are sort of evergreen, meaning you can use them anytime. So it's usually an interview with an artist. It could be a dancer, it could be a choreographer, singer, painter, poet. It's all over the place. Um, then they had an interview with the director of the CIA, which was quite long. They also did Brittany Griner, Return to the U.S., Flu, RSV, and COVID-19 outbreaks, looming instability in the Pacific with North Korea and China, and the Sandy Hook 10th year anniversary all tied for 4%, which is the fifth uh, top topic on PBS last week. So um, the words used on Fox for the week ending December 18th, 2022, were kind of predictable and boring. The only thing that was funny was that Fetterman is becoming the new AOC. Now, AOC got 20 mentions last week, and Fetterman got only 11, but why the heck are they even talking about him? He's senator-elect. He hasn't even assumed office yet. Um, Crime was mentioned 47 times. Elon Musk was mentioned almost as many times as Trump. That was interesting. And Twitter and Biden tied at 190 references. Of course, Hunter Biden had 84, and the border had 183. So coming up, I'm going to try to get caught up on some projects that are like halfway finished that I've been meaning to finish, but just run out of time every week. Um, I won't have a newsletter next week because next week will be the 26th of December, Hanukkah and Christmas crossover this year. And then there's New Year's, and Fox is giving me nothing. When they get around a holiday, they do a lot of recycled shows, clip shows, viewer mail. It's just nonsense. So there's nothing to really pull from. Um, so I'm not. I'm going to take a week off, but I'm going to still be working on the project in my own way because I never stop working. And uh, there is a Patreon if you want to support this project. Uh, Patreon at Decoding Fox News. And the grant is ending in mid-February. 
However, I do want to keep this project going. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. I might work freelance as just a video editor or something where they don't care that I'm doing something political on the side or they view this as political. Some media companies would see me as very, very partisan and not hire me based on my background and based on this project. And I understand that. I knew that risk when I took this job. Um, I do think that decoding Fox News has a future. I do think that it could become commercially viable because it's a micro budget. It's a tiny overhead. And that seems to be sadly the, sadly or good, depending on how you look at it, the future of media as these big legacy companies cannot keep it going because it's just so expensive and there's so much competition. These little tiny micro projects are the ones surviving. So I might turn into that or I might work for a huge legacy media company. Who knows? But thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in 2023. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's. Odin and Thor send their love. I'll see you at the next podcast.